I've been in those situations before and I've actually seen it in a couple of clients where right knowing is potentially going to be scary or getting this test for you know whatever HPV let's say like it's scary to potentially find out these results and and that is so valid because I think we've all been there at one point I also feel that at the end of the day, knowledge is power. And I think, again, at the end of the day, we have to sit with ourselves. We have to be with ourselves. We are in these physical bodies for the rest of our time here. And, you know, trying to shift that story of like a fear-based, you know, I don't want to know, maybe just push it out. Like, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with that to, you know, acquiring tools or support or books or uh, a session with an herbalist or an acupuncturist where we can find out this information, we can hold the space and we can like offer support in like steps because sometimes like the future is scary. It's like, okay, well, what if I have this diagnosis and then, and then what do I do? And so being able to educate ourselves or how, you know, go to someone that is educated in the field um, can, I believe can really bring power. And again, this isn't like, um, this isn't going to be like a perfect path, right? There are going to be some days where we're just like, you know what, I can't deal with this today. It's overwhelming. I have too much on my plate. I don't want to think about it today. And that's going to happen. And again, that's neither like a good thing or a bad thing. It just is. And it's just where someone's at. And then you can go into the next day and see if anything has shifted or if you, you know, if someone can approach the next day in a different way or the same day or the same way as the day previously. And um, yeah, I think, you know, having a support system is really key and not all of us have that privilege, unfortunately. And that is, yeah, unfortunate to say and, and, you know, disappointing because I think I, you know, we would all love to see everyone feel supported in, in their health journeys. And I think sometimes that's a little harder to obtain for some people And, um, you know, I think I would hope, you know, I think being in the herbal world, you know, we all have to survive. And also, like, I I do feel this calling to just help, you know, if someone is asking for help and really needs help, like, okay, let's find a way that we can, like, we can support each other and like, you know, making sure that like, you feel supported as a client and, Um, I think being fluid, like, at least for me, being fluid in that way has been helpful because it's not so rigid because like people aren't rigid and like people, (laughs) things happen and, um, you know, trying to be as fluid as possible to, to try and, you know, offer support when asked or needed. It's, it's more important than I, I think sometimes we all recognize it's, it's uh and and support can be so it can be it can be so many things so many different things you know mm-hmm. just knowing that maybe you've uh, got someone you can call on to to help you in a, in a certain kind of situation or just having people you know who check in on you and or yeah. you know ask like are you okay do you need anything and so many other kinds of ways of supporting but it's uh it's yeah, it's absolutely essential. And 
I think in general in life, you know, to have a support system for all aspects of life. But when it comes to health, I mean, it's such a health is such a personal thing, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't, it doesn't mean that support doesn't mean that you have to get really nosy in someone's business if, if that's right. not appropriate, or maybe you are nosy because there's that, you know, intimacy and trust, but mm-hmm. either way, it's, it just makes it feel, it makes it feel like there is the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. We think, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. And mm-hmm. I can speak to our recent camping trip. You know, I had every kinds of physical challenge that I probably have ever had um, in three days. And you were there and, and our other fellow herbalists were there and students. And I was so appreciative of the support, you know, that I received people who didn't know me even, Mm -hmm. you know, just even just saying, Hey, just hope you're okay. Let me know if you need anything. Uh, It was a real struggle. I'll tell you, I'm still recovering from that trip last week, but there was just, there was a lot of generosity and, uh, and, you know, and, and care and concern. And it seemed to come so easily for people. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that that group, it would come easily to Mm -hmm. those, to those peeps. But also, it made me realize, you know, it doesn't, offering support doesn't mean that you have to, you know, you has to become a burden to you as the person mm-hmm. who's supporting. It can be just a, a simple question or just, uh, you know, just touching base with somebody. And it was, mm-hmm. it was really, it was really kind to, um, to know that I had what I needed. I, even if I was, was really struggling to kind of make it through the day, like I knew that I had what I needed. Also, it helped. Yes, I was around people who, also know the body and know health and mm-hmm. and could could give advice but yeah it can look so many different ways but you're right it has to, it it ideally just should be a part of everyone's life and and it's true not everybody has that and just thinking about people who are people who are wanting to take steps to mm-hmm. address some sort of issue address some sort of health concern you know, mind, body, even spirit, whatever it may be, whatever level. But are there any, you've already given so many words of, you know, encouragement and mm. so many words of wisdom, but are there any things that you think people should, you know, just keep in mind for their journey, for the mm. the times that are, you know, that are scarier, for the times that things are just not clear? Any principles, any, any advice that you think mm. would be useful for people to keep in mind on their health journeys as you know, they're moving along. Yeah, I find that because we're so dynamic as people. And I think we, a lot of us have this narrative that like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this thing. Like, will anyone understand? And, you know, I can say as a practitioner, someone might come to me and I have never experienced that personally, you know? And with that, I am confident to say that like, there are so many, a person that's struggling with something, let's say health, you know, health condition wise, there will be one person and probably many more than that, uh, that are having similar experiences. And so I find that trying to find those groups of people, whether that's online, whether that's through an online workshop, whether that's through your local herb store, maybe that is um, just a support group. You know, we have things like, you know, kind of in the addiction world, like NA and AA, and there's even um, a support for children who have had parents that have um, 
you know, have been with addiction or addictive patterning where it's like there are there is access and because we live in a day of age of like technology and being able to do zoom stuff like there is probably more access than we've ever had um so even if you live in an area that is maybe more rural or again doesn't have access to an herb shop or don't have maybe as many herbalists in an area than you know a big city would uh trying to find people that are experiencing similar, similar things, whether that's health related or not. Um, I think kind of also, you know, speaks to the point of support and making it less taboo and making it feel like we are only experiencing this thing personally. And I find that being able to find these, these groups of people that share similar experiences can be also less fear-based and also create more confidence around, you know, said ailment or experience. Uh, So I do find that is really common. I mean, even like I had a client that was um, a new mother, right. And moved to a new area and is looking for support and, you know, doesn't know anyone in this new area. And it's like, okay, well, how can we harness like finding, um, you know, people with the same kids, you know, in the same age group that can, you know, that have probably similar experiences to you, you know, raising a two-year-old, you know, et cetera. So, yeah, I would say um, there is support and, and, you know, just taking the step to try to find support or reach out to someone that maybe might have some of that networking already that can maybe try and link some things for you. It's out there. Yes, there is a, like you said, such a diversity of, of support and resources. And now that we've got this online world, oh, you can find it. I mean, you know, use your best judgment and be wise, you know, that um, you're, you're connecting with people who are genuine, but Mm -hmm. oh, yes. I mean, I remember a relative of mine was experiencing excruciating physical pain. I knew they were experiencing physical pain, And they would mention that, but I didn't know how bad it was until they ended up talking to a practitioner who was alternative and Mm -hmm. who was able to really delve into what was going on with them. And they said, you know, um, you can find support groups for people who deal with pain. I'd never heard of that, like physical pain. I was like, oh, that makes sense because it's for some people, it's so excruciating. You can't describe it to somebody who does it. You who doesn't know, who hasn't been there. And I certainly hadn't, I mean, I've experienced my fair share of pain, but not, I don't think at this level. And uh, I thought, oh, wow, there really are so many kinds of support, areas of support. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's like, if you can, if you can at least, if you have internet access or you know somebody who does, you can, Mm -hmm. you can get to, get to where you need, you know, and that is the beauty and blessing, I think, of this era. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. I, sometimes I think that might be part of that is the healing process. Mm-hmm. Even just the finding mm-hmm. the the people can mm-hmm. kind of you know be part of re- the relief. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not going to take away in the case of this relative all their physical pain, mm-hmm. but it might lighten the burden a little bit. Just no, mm-hmm. because I, I I know from the little experience I've had with physical pain, there was a heavy, a very strong emotional component to it. Even the anticipation of the pain coming would cause anxiety for me. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I can imagine in that case, like, huh, 
if I had somewhere to go to talk to people who are dealing with who's going to understand it, it might allow me to find a little more space almost within myself mm-hmm. to kind of grapple with, with that. Anyways, just as yeah. an example, I just thought, but when I heard about that, oh, there are support groups for pain. I was like, oh, well, the duh, that makes sense. But I never yeah. would have thought of that. Yeah. And I think as a practitioner, like we are not going to have all the experiences that maybe, uh, you know, a client has, and that is okay. You know, it's, we can't have every experience that every client that you're going to see is going to have. And so again, we can take our, um, knowledge and, and try and support as best as we can. But I also feel like, you know, there's, there's just going to be people who understand more you know, and they are out there. Like for an example, if, if someone has a past with addiction, you know, people with other people with addiction in their past will definitely understand more than someone who has never seen a drug, used a drug, had any family members or loved ones, um, use substances. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, just finding familiarity is is healing in itself, you know, and can help overcome the fear of like just feeling like we're the only ones that are experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah, that feeling alone, that's such a pervasive part of I think this era, mm-hmm. feeling alone even with all mm-hmm. the connections and mm-hmm. so I think making genuine connections, meaningful connections, even if it's online, there's no shame yeah. in that at all, you know, it, but finding where you feel like you belong, you know, mm-hmm. and that can take some time. I mean, I'm speaking, you know, big picture, but also, yes, I am thinking in the context of, you know, support with life and mm-hmm. health and what we've been speaking about, but that feeling alone or feeling like no one else understands this. No mm-hmm. one, no one else. It's, it's only me. And that's sometimes where the shame can come. I know it's like, it's only me. I'm the only person mm-hmm. who's dealt with this this is awful. Like nobody else, like it's so bad. Like nobody else probably has ever dealt with this. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you do learn that people now maybe it's, yeah, different factors leading up to different experiences, but you know, people, people relate. I mean, we don't have that many differences among us. Yes. We all have our own histories and our own, you know, genetics and our own environments, but when you start to, I know in the work that I do as, you know, mm-hmm. as a coach and life coach, and I start to recognize it sort of boils down to a lot of the same challenges, not to diminish, you know, someone's unique experience or their personal right. journey, of course, because that is what's unique. No one can have yeah. the exact same journey. But in terms of life experiences and struggles, there's so many similarities, you know, yeah. and I think having the spaces to talk about about them, where you feel safe, where you feel like you can trust that space. It just helps other people in hearing, Mm. oh, okay. Oh, they're dealing with that. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe it's time for me to, Mm -hmm. to start to maybe deal with my challenge Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. It just helps. Mm -hmm. We're, we're so similar, right? I mean, I know science has already done the, a lot of the work to say like, it's like, I don't know, like a percentage, like uh, uh, that it makes us different, but like 90 some yeah. percent of, you know, we're just so genetically and we're just so much the yeah. same. So, and yeah. I think also there's, there's trends. I don't know if you've looked at kind of ever noticed, or if you've ever kind of sat back and looked at like, there are kind of trends of health challenges. Mm. I, I, I understand. I mean, I've spoken to people who work in 
you know, alternative health and they, they start to see, oh, there's kind of like, you know, there's phases or stages of like patterns that I start to see Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing coming to me with, with Mm -hmm. clients with, and it's like, oh, like that's interesting in and of itself. Like we all are sort of in this together, (laughs) this, this, you know, journey called life. And so it makes sense that a lot of the same ailments are going to be affecting us because the world's challenges are, you know, they are what they are and you you really can't escape them for the most part. So that's, I find that very fascinating. I'm very much a big, I like big picture and I like, I like micro and I like macro and I like to connect the dots, you know? So find that really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen, have you noticed that the patterns that kind of come in waves? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have in so many different areas, you know, um, (laughs) I don't want to list off some of them, but others of like, you know, allergies and food intolerances and autoimmunity and birth stories and, you know, different types of trauma actually um, manifesting in really similar ways in people. And again, like because we as herbalists, like don't, we're not board certified and we can't access testing and certain things that like an ND could, we have to really gather as much information as we can and try and find correlations between what this person is telling us. What does their pulse feel like? What does their face look like? Like, like, um, the color, the vibrancy, the light or the dark or the circles that, you know, whatever, you know, the, the face is telling us different diagnostics tools and strategies that we can look at. And again, it's, um, and then maybe if someone has tests, like we're looking at, again, the whole picture of like all the information, not just, oh, you have knee pain and it's on a scale at eight, you know, eight, pain, like here's something, you know, we're really trying to, to find all the subtle nuances. And again, I, I would never think or, or even say to someone, Oh, you've experienced this. Therefore, this is what's happening in your body. But we can also verbalize like, Oh, I'm seeing this correlation again. Like this doesn't mean that this is like, you know, one side of the spectrum or the other, but there could be correlation here. And I think that's helpful to kind of keep in mind because yeah, there's a lot of common threads uh, within our human existence. Of course, there's a lot of nuance because each person is different. And yeah, I think like the ego is also a really interesting thing that like humans have, right? The ego thinks, you know, we're, we're each like so special and like so different and no one else could be experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing. And, um, you know, ego is a really beautiful thing, but I think sometimes it can get in the way kind of what we were just saying, right? Like there are so many other people that are probably experiencing similar, you know, health experiences that you have, um, or, or pain or grief or the passing of a loved one. Um, you're not the only one. And, uh, I think there's beauty in that, you know, like finding that camaraderie wherever, wherever that is. Yes. Okay, Dana. Well, are there any final words, encouragement or Mm. words of wisdom or insight that you want to leave the audience with before we wrap up? I guess I always, well, not always, but I think like I always kind of ponder herbalism and like herbal healing and plants. And I think as herbalism rise and kind of starts rising and trendiness, there are really 
awesome things that come from that and also um, some not so great things that come from that. And I think sometimes I do see that herbalism is painted in this way that feels very out of reach for a lot of people, right? It's this um, very whitewashed, perfect, you know, perfect shapes and beautiful colors and really pristine pictures and and products. And yes, that is a thing. And that can be a world. If you want to tap into that and be in that, that's great. And also herbalism is every culture has has plant based practices. It doesn't matter if you're connected to those or if those have been lost in translation. Um, Every single culture on this planet, every single people on this planet have used plants. And so it doesn't have to be this trendy thing. It doesn't have to be this like expensive thing. Like we can all have relationships to plants. And that doesn't mean that you have to become a clinical herbalist. It doesn't mean you have to go teach at big symposiums. It doesn't mean that you have to own an herb shop. It can literally be like growing calendula in a pot, like in your window or on the stairs leading up to your house. And it could be as simple as making a tea every morning. Um, or yeah, just going into an herb shop and kind of just looking around. It can be so many different things. And I think I want, I always want to empower people that it doesn't have to be this inaccessible thing or expensive thing. It's very rootsy in its core. It's very, um, it's in our, our ancestry, whatever that is, you know, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA. Like we know plants. Unfortunately, um, there have been a lot of things that have happened that, have severed those ties a lot of the times. And so I think it's just coming back to basics and basics could literally mean going out and sitting next to a pine tree. It can, it could mean again, growing a tomato plant. It could be growing a calendula plant. It could be making some tea. And I think um, there are really beautiful lessons in that and beautiful story in that and beautiful remembrance in that. And it doesn't have to be this like snazzy, cool, hip thing, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. Yes. That is such a good, a good reminder and, and a very helpful insight and because it is easy to get caught up in the commercial side and mm-hmm. feel that, well, I got to do this if I want to keep up. And it's such a nice reminder or acknowledgement that that doesn't have to be, if you mm-hmm. want that, great. If it doesn't have to be the way you approach right. your health and connecting to plants. So thank you for yeah. offering that. So I will ask you the question I ask every guest at the end. We're at the end. Yes. (laughs) And that is, which television show, new or old, do you recommend and why? It doesn't have to be your favorite. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) this question was a little funny because I'm not a big, like, at least as an adult, like not a big TV show person. Um, Of course, I grew up watching cartoons and things like that. But um, I thought about it and I thought about a, ser- a series that's, I think it's on Hulu. I think uh, it's called Dope Sick. And it mm. is um, a really powerful, like, short series. It's scripted, but it's based on real events and their information is actually very on point. But it is about 
basically the opiate pandemic and how opiates started kind of circulating within our communities on the pharmaceutical kind of medical level and how um, how there was, you know, big court cases of of looking at these pharmaceutical industries and seeing the path that they have have kind of created with um, the opiate use um, epidemic and uh, where. Yeah, just that kind of that story, I guess. I don't want to give too much away, but um, I think that can be a really pivotal kind of show to watch for people that maybe don't understand um, the opiate epidemic, the overdose epidemic, just kind of the substance use epidemic that we're having. And I think um, it can it can give education of like real things that have happened since the 90s and how we have kind of kind of gotten to this place that we have currently. And um, I also feel like it can maybe offer a little compassion for people that have found themselves in this world of opiate use uh, because it is a very real thing. And I think, you know, a lot of us know someone personally or have experienced it personally or have, have had a loved one struggle with drug use. And I think it's just, yeah, it just is a very um, telling story of Purdue and big pharma and, um, you know, what has happened over the years to kind of get us to where we're at. Um, Of course, that's not the only reason, you know, drug addiction or substance use, it, you know, is, but it's a very like big factor in it. That is a good recommendation. I have not finished yeah. watching it. I started it and mm. it wasn't that I was like, ooh, I can't watch this. It was just like, I just ran out of time in, in my life to to focus on a series at that time when I started it. So it's still on my yeah. list nice. and I'm going to get back to it. And yes, I remember, I, you. I recall you mentioning that maybe even in one of our classes recently. So I yeah. it's a good reminder. Yes, yes, I want I want to get back to that. Thank you so much, Dana. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I hope that the audience has Mm -hmm. maybe received not just, you know, just factual information about plants and medicine and healing, but just maybe broaden their minds about how to think about the journey of of healing and health and resources and support Mm. and knowing that it's there is hope. There can always be hope. I appreciate that message that you offer. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Tiffany, for having me. That was fun.